0: to Radio Gripe. Uh, this is our general discussion show where we get into uh, all, all manner of, uh, of
1: um, Off to a great start.
0: Yep, off to a great start. All manner of smack talk uh, on ourselves too and our uh, capacity to do this show. Um, I am one of the hosts. My name is Joe.
1: I'm Jen. Thanks for joining us today.
0: Yeah, here we are. It's uh, about the middle of June right now. Uh, we took a week off last week, and we went and camped in somebody's backyard, basically. It was nice, but, you know. Uh, and now we're back. We're back and we're live. Mics are hot. Uh, how's it going, Jen?
1: Uh, how's it going? It's going, it's going good. Um, what are we talking about today? Uh,
0: a whole slew of stuff. I've been watching the news over the last couple of weeks looking for, I mean, obviously, only the best stuff that we could bring up here. Um... I'll go ahead and do it this way. Um, I'm going to point out something that I uh, had just learned recently. I think as of yesterday, I found out about uh, this uh, Bonobo chimp. And uh, it's funny because you and I once or twice over the last couple of days have brought up Noam Chomsky, uh, the linguist and, and anarchist, right? This... You,
1: uh, well, I guess we're, you're about to refer to Noam Chomsky, the Nim famous... Chimpsky. N- Nim Chomsky. Nim Chomsky,
0: Nim <laughs> Chomsky uh yeah so you already knew about this monkey
1: I- i'm familiar with the monkey cool with the I-, I guess the grade eight
0: right uh yeah uh i hadn't heard about this before this uh basically failed experiment in the 70s to kind of uh, rebut noam chomsky saying that language was a distinctly human characteristic um some people tried to uh really really get this bonobo to uh have a language and communicate and uh w- with sign language obviously and um Yeah, I mean, you know, it didn't work out super great. There is a cataloged series of sentences, uh, some of them with three, some with four letters. You know, they have to go by the rules of having some matter of syntax to them. Are you aware of what his largest sentence was? No. So his largest sentence uh, at 16 words was... Give orange me, give eat orange me, eat orange, give me, eat orange, give me you. Right. Yeah. So a very verbose uh, little guy there.
1: Uh, well, listen, I, I I guess it depends on how you want... I'm not a linguist. It depends on, depends on how you want to define language versus communication. Obviously, we're far right. from the only species that communicates. Right. Um, many species communicate in ways that are pretty alien to us.
0: Yeah. No, I think uh, Like that, our friends, the bees. This is the thing is that uh, I think that what... Noam Chomsky maybe didn't expound upon back in the '70s, and what we've understood now is that uh, we can define language uh, as the distinctly human language that we use. Uh, but we know that other animals and insects and all kinds of things uh, communicate each other in to their, each other with through their own
1: form of language:
0: vocalizations, body gestures, pheromones, and and all manner of uh, other ways. So language exists. It's just that uh, humans have a very distinct language that sets them apart insofar as uh, the ability to transfer it to other species or have it kind of be universally interpreted.
1: I maintain that while humans sometimes maintain the illusion of eloquence, mostly what we're doing is just making noises at each other. And that's what we're doing to you, uh, the listening audience right now. We're making reassuring noises at you.
0: Yeah. Give me Uh, eat orange.
1: And uh, one thing I would like to say is I've been seeing a lot more button mashing dogs and cats on the internet. Uh, Mm -hmm. Obviously, Bunny the dog, um, who has us uh, questioning the nature of existence. uh, Sure. You know, with her sort of gazing into the mirror and then (laughs) asking plaintively, why? Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I think it's it's beautiful to see. And anybody says that they're they're sort of nothing more than you know trained horses stomping for treats, uh, I think demonstrably that doesn't seem to be the process. Yeah. And uh, if if there's any species, uh, I would say more than um, apes, that has a special bond with humanity that goes back millions of years, uh, it is our friend, the domesticated canine,
0: man's best friend.
1: I find that my dog and I communicate nonverbally extremely well. Uh, she seems to understand my nonverbal body language better than any living creature, including yourself, Joe.
0: Okay. Shots fired.
1: But speaking of making noises at one another, <laughs> let's open up that mailbag.
2: I get them bags in the mail. I get them bags in the mail. I get them bags in the mail. Forget our silly yeah.
0: Well, mailbag's empty. Let's close the mailbag.
1: Closing up the mailbag. Yeah. Thanks for your feedback. Yeah. <laughs> um, maybe, uh, maybe next time. Better luck yeah. next time. Uh,
0: I think maybe we've never said it before, but uh, we have an email.
1: Oh, I, that's the that's problem. That's maybe the
0: problem. It's we're trying show at gmail.com. You, uh, you can get at us there and, uh, yeah, say whatever you want to say. Uh, tell us about, you know, whatever scam you got. Uh, you can see if you can hoodwink us with that. Go ahead. Um, we also got an Instagram account. It's uh, Radio Gripe TX. And uh, of course, you know, with whatever that you hear on here, understand that the opinions that you hear on the show do not reflect the opinions of KBSR as a whole or anything like that. So, uh, yeah, get at us whenever you got shit to talk or praise to give or scams to try.
1: Okay. Well, I didn't really bring it for today. I learned, listened, watched, mm-hmm. uh, except. This morning, I saw the trailer for the upcoming Lin-Manuel Miranda project, In the Heights. Oh, right. Um, was not familiar with that musical, but uh, the trailer looks great. Yeah. Lots of dancing, lots of singing, beautifully shot, uh, done by Hollywood director John M. Chu, who did Crazy Rich Asians. Uh, so I'm sure um, fans of musical theater are looking forward to that one Uh, yeah it's gonna be in theaters it's gonna be on hbo and then eventually joe and i you will see it uh you and i will see it on uh amazon vod
2: yeah
1: Uh, we're gonna take a real quick break uh when we come back today on the show uh we're gonna run through some of today's news and i'm gonna be doing a uh special pride month presentation
2: all right no one on the highways tonight Just you and me and the rigs we ride Burning rubber wherever we go Looking back at the orange glow Each tunnel we take, my heart on the brakes The road doesn't matter, it's how you hold we lost it in 99 after all You put up the cards just to watch them fall You always said you'd drive me You always said you'd drive You and me till we die. So hands on the wheel and let's drive. And buckle up and drive me crazy. Eighteen wheels and two headlights in the night. look straight ahead if you like, it's slow Take guesses on exits, one has to be right November rains on the radio Tall tales we make up, our eyes on the road Nothing lasts forever, that's how it goes Never thought I'd learn to love the snow. Breaker, breaker, break hearts ten for daddy-o. You always said you drive me. You always said you drive. die So hands on the wheel and let's drive Buckle up past if you're speeding by me, breaker breaker, you there, keep me company.
0: So, yeah, uh, over the last little bit, there's been a few news stories that have been evolving. And uh, one of the things that I want to go ahead and put up first and kind of get out of the way is uh, we've got some Trump stuff. (sighs) So, yeah, uh, back in 2018 was when this one started. In February of 2018, a federal grand jury had uh, handed out some subpoenas to uh, uh, Apple and Microsoft. And they had gag orders attached. So... The companies couldn't say anything about it. Typically, tech companies will let an end user know if uh, their information is being subpoenaed. But uh, the federal court said, you can't talk about this at all, except for to us. Give us this information. It came from uh, Trump and his DOJ. I think Bill Barr was in on it at the time. Maybe not. Can't recall. A lot of shifts around during the four years. Uh, But the targets were all Democrats who were, you know, the vocal uh opposers to the administration adam adam schiff was one of the big names shifty Schiff. shifty Schiff. uh so the gag order recently expired and apple came right out with it and microsoft and started talking about it and now a uh, doj watchdog is digging into the matter with probe uh as they should because uh, it's a blatant abuse of power And an obvious attempt at targeting political opponents. Uh, This is the kind of secret investigation that you'll typically see in authoritarian dictatorships. Uh, That's pretty weird. Yeah, people with super, you know, places with uh, super corrupt leaders like Bolsonaro or Netanyahu. It's the exact thing that Trump claimed he was victim to. Right. Not true. Uh, And the kind of thing that the real sycophants get super jazzed about but shouldn't talk about in public, you know. Uh, You talk about like kind of the dichotomy of people who they really like Trump because he's this law and order guy, you know, Mm -hmm. and uh, they think that he can do no wrong uh, (laughs) whenever he's actually doing all the things that no other president like should be allowed to do i mean that's you know that's, I mean? How,
1: that's how they always do it is they they claim to be victims uh of the, of the very thing that you know kind of like with the voter suppression thing. sure there's so much rampant voter fraud that we really gotta yeah uh, you know suppress people's rights to the vote it's and, weird how that
0: deflection works out so well for them
1: in the meantime you know you've got random asshole who uh voted on behalf of his dead wife uh saying well you know they're doing it but well, he killed his wife by the way too if that's oh. important but uh oof but yeah as long as you can deflect by accusing the other side of, of what it is you're doing you can justify doing it to yourself
0: yeah yeah i suppose so but yeah just more of that stuff coming out I, you know i hear that he's uh, kind of swimming in lawsuits right now um i haven't dug into all those i'm just kind of waiting for things to drop you know um I'm waiting for him to get kind of swept up into the January sixth uh, probe and investigation. They're they're dropping conspiracy charges now on people, and uh, now that they can set that president precedent, they can use that precedent on the former president. I'm hoping that would be nice. Um, but yeah, that's just a quick uh, Trump dump. Should we call it Trump dump? Sure. Um, also something I found out just recently, uh, and this isn't like a big deal or a big surprise, but, uh, I just found it interesting. The, uh, Southern Baptist church, like as a denomination, uh, they're, you know, centered here in America and they have a a thing every year in Nashville, this big conference where all the leaders and all the pastors get together and they make decisions on policy. They elect maybe new presidents of the organization or, you know, different things go on like that. Um, and it's coming up here in just a, a week or two. And, uh, there's a whole lot of shit going on within the church because of some leaked documents and audio and, uh, Basically, the way that the church is being ran, uh, back in the 70s and 80s, this guy, Paige Patterson, uh, came in and led this kind of conservative takeover of the church. And, you know, that led to the obvious kind of 80s stereotype of corporate America uh, in insofar as how the church is being ran. Um, you can find a lot of uh, a lot of mega pastors, people that have these like mega churches and stuff and prosperity gospel. A lot of them are Southern Baptists. Mm-hmm. But it's a decentralized kind of thing. It's not as powerful as, say, the Pope. So a lot of people just kind of run their churches the way they want to. There's been a lot of complaints about sexual abuse uh, coming up and getting swept under the rug for some years. And it's come up recently in some uh, leaked audio about how, you know, the uh, higher ups here, uh, these guys, Ronnie Floyd, Mike Stone and Paige Patterson, they don't really want to address that at all. They want to focus on uh, the base of the operation, which is just money-making, fundraising, and seeding new churches. They, they're not looking to really address this at this upcoming conference and everything. So a lot of people are pretty pissed off that they're just not taking any of that seriously. But also, um, it was Philip Bathincourt, a Texas pastor, who is releasing all of this stuff. Because they're also going to make some calls on uh, critical race theory. And the conservative part of the Southern Baptist Church, which I imagine is a large part of it, um, is coming out right and saying that this uh, conflicts with Scripture and our understanding of how to uh, interpret our faith. Uh, and so they're going to—they're coming out in some outright rejection of critical race theory, uh, which is going to be trouble because a fair percentage of Southern Baptist churchgoers and pastors are black, and so. By also kind of like uh, avoiding or sidestepping, uh, kind of addressing, you know, systemic ills in society. Um, they're basically just, I don't know, man. They're just they are just another fucking company under the guise of a church this time, you know.
1: Yeah, that um, sounds like there could be an upcoming schism within the Southern Baptist Church. What a shame.
0: Love to see that, honestly. I mean, why not? Uh, there was also super big news in cybercrime. So there was just recently uh, this uh, Operation Trojan Shield. It was a global sting. It uh, went down and it resulted in more than 800 arrests in 16 different countries with uh, more than 32 tons uh, worth of drugs and uh, nearly $150 million in cash and crypto all seized. We had talked a week or so ago about uh, this uh, chat app in CrowChat. Which is supposed to be a secure messaging service used almost exclusively by criminal networks. Uh, and it was compromised. And after that one, and then the fall of another one called Sky ECC, um, all of the criminal networks now had to look for a new system to get their communications up and going. And the FBI stepped in with their own developed app called Anom, A N O M. And they put it, they basically got a bunch of smartphones. Put their own programs and everything on there, and then distributed them to criminal networks around the world.
1: They partnered as, with as bug They partnered with a smartphone manufacturer. I uh, I seem to recall. I don't have all the details on that. Uh, mm. I just kind of remember hearing this story. And I believe it's not that the manufacturer knew that mm-hmm. they were working with the FBI, or maybe they did. Do you do you or know they anything about didn't this?
0: Didn't know the illicit purposes. No, I don't know anything about. It was all pretty I had secretive. Heard that, um, all that I saw was that they used modified phones uh, with these programs, them, And then they started pushing these on the networks through, you know, like uh, uh, actors basically on the scene, on the digital scene there. And so everybody started using these bug phones uh, with, with this bugged app on it. And um, yeah, more than 800 people. Uh, I know that Australia and New Zealand had some pretty big busts. Uh, you know, they had said, I think in Australia, they arrested over 200 people alone Um, a lot of it was targeting international drug trade
1: right uh yeah yeah this is the largest uh kind of only of its kind uh massive global intelligence uh collaboration yeah um,
0: that we've uh, ever seen it's actual like world policing um so i mean you know don't get me wrong i'm not trying to uh uh
1: defend the new world order
0: yeah I'm not trying to make everybody. I'm not trying to stoke fears about it, um, crime? but I, I kind of am.
1: Uh, whether it is uh, corporate crime, uh, offshoring of, of uh, uh, resources, or Wait, or drug smuggling, um, uh, you know, or whether you're you're Jeff Bezos, hmm. crime has no uh, borders, and it's true. no nationality.
0: Yeah, that's what I like about it. <laughs> Okay. Also, there are a few other stories which I've got only a little bit to say about, um, I guess. Um, These are all kind of medical stories in one way or another. Uh, There was some large news about a new Alzheimer drug uh, that had just been approved by the FDA. Apparently, uh, late last year, it was turned down. And I think that was because they couldn't find any actual link that it was doing what it was uh, saying that it was doing. It was it was inconclusive data, uh, but then earlier this year it got onto an accelerated track, and uh, they just pushed it through and approved it just recently. And within uh, within the next week, like three people from that board on the FDA are resigning because they disagree with the approval of it. So I don't know. It's uh, I'm kind of that's really about all that I can find out about it. This has just happened over the last few days i mean i I didn't read like a scientific journal paper on it or anything
1: yeah i don't know i'd like to hear i'd like to hear more any any breakthroughs in uh, alzheimer's treatment uh would be uh, as much overdue and would be much welcome and um yeah like i was telling you uh it it seems like it would whatever it is however dangerous it is it would be an improvement on the current situation where we're just sort of Shunt people into group homes and Mm -hmm, medicate mm -hmm. them with uh, anti anxiety drugs and anti psychotics. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's uh, been. Which causes
1: rapid deterioration. It's uh, been 30
0: years since there's been uh, an Alzheimer's approved drug. So that's 30 years have gone by without anything uh, that has scientifically made any kind of progress. So I think it's, we're certainly behind on uh, coming out with new treatment. So, I mean, let's just hope it, it goes okay and doesn't doesn't cause any harm is uh, is the main thing there
1: do no harm
0: do no harm
1: well it's you know alzheimer's is a scourge
0: mm-hmm. and uh, it's coming for a lot of us mm-hmm. just like uh greg Abbott, he's a cancer
1: <laughs> i couldn't agree more <laughs>
0: um <laughs> Did I just say that out loud
1: well and i'm also a cancer <laughs> okay, uh joe yeah. is a joe is a leo but we're definitely both summer birthdays yeah um so
0: <laughs> <laughs> But also, uh, I saw I saw a headline about a man who had uh, overdosed on a homeopathic remedy. Mm-hmm. Interesting one that he's he's alive, but he did have to be rushed to the uh, hospital for uh, some kind of like uh, toxic level of homeopathy in his system. I don't know. But yeah, y'all y'all be careful out there. That stuff is meant to be taken in small doses.
1: Well, do we know what he ingested and how?
0: Wasn't listed. No. I mean, I think I think he was taking something for sleep,
1: uh, I think but it
0: was like homeo. Yeah, it was homeopathic. So the
1: the roots of homeopathy are that sort of water has a memory, and that you can put a very small amount of mm-hmm, something mm-hmm. into water, and you you really like you can ingest LSD. virtually nothing of it uh, and still get whatever its medicinal properties. But I know that term is more broadly mm-hmm. used as just some type of medicine that isn't establishment you know, pharmaceuticals. Uh, And uh, I know essential oils are really, really big uh, Mm -hmm. lately. And um, yeah, it's caused some dangerous situations. People are applying tinctures to their dogs that are made in alcohol solutions. And you don't want to do that because those little guys cannot absorb alcohol, uh, either dermally, uh, orally, uh, or anally.
0: They can't cope with it.
1: Let's not do that. Um, not to mention, uh, I guess you know people who are doing spearmint uh, uh, in their infusers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you don't, you don't want to have that mist blasting out uh, where your where your baby or your young child is or your small pet because mm-hmm. um, that can cause adverse health effects as well. I I do like vaping <laughs> scented oils. Uh, just so that my house doesn't smell like cat pee and cigarettes. It's, it well, just relaxes think, me. A little bit of lavender in the air.
0: I think the vaping is what you like the most. <laughs> and uh, the last one on here actually plays into uh, our one of our favorite segments, uh, Conspiracy Corner.
2: I always feel like-
0: And, uh, there, there was a, I again, I didn't write anything down on this one, so I'm not going to say anybody's name. Uh, but there was a, somebody who had gotten up and tried to deliver a testimony claiming that, uh, you know, because COVID-19 vaccines have, uh, a, like trace elements of metals in them. Uh, she is suggesting that this is enough to, I guess, make a person, what would you call that Ferris. Magnetic.
1: Yeah, she didn't – this doesn't originate with this Ohio nurse who is uh, at an Ohio House uh, hearing for Mm -hmm. um, the House Health Committee debating uh, House Bill 248. I don't know the details of that, but but she and some other sort of anti-vax people had gathered uh, before this meeting. So I just found out something when I was on lunch, and I wanted to show it to you. We were talking about Dr. Tenpenny's testimony about magnetic – vaccine crystals. So this is what I found out. So I have a key and a bobby pin here. Explain to me why the key sticks to me. It sticks to my neck too. Yeah, so if somebody can explain this, that would be great.
0: Any questions?
1: Yeah. So what you can't what you can't see, but we can hear, is she's attempting to to demonstrate that the um, the vaccine that she has received has rendered her ferrous uh, due to the magnets floating around in her bloodstream that were injected into her via the uh, yeah. vaccine. Hilariously, in the uh, the background, uh, you can see people reacting to this, yeah. also to her failure to make these probably non-magnetic materials stick to her skin. Mm-hmm. Uh, My guess is um, what she just discovered maybe could have been outdoors or in the lobby uh, where she was sweating a little bit more uh, in the Ohio June weather, Uh, but coming back into the crisp air conditioning of the uh, courthouse uh, was was just unable to make those uh, metallic, possibly magnetic, uh, most house keys are not, Mm -hmm. uh, materials um, do their job.
0: Nope wouldn't work in uh yeah it was pretty funny to see uh one that one particular lady in the background who really got a look on her face like oh really what she's she's cringing yeah
1: and now she is a proponent Mm -hmm. of you can tell by her t-shirt too that these women are actually ostensibly on the same side but at some point somebody's got to go listen you're not helping our fucking cause you could have at least put some double-sided tape on these objects before bringing them into the courthouse
0: (laughs) right and we we've seen obviously you ever hey you ever Try to hang a spoon off your nose?
1: Yeah, I was it's, a it's child. A thing. Yeah. I was once a
0: child. It's a thing that happens. Like
1: I, Literally, I woke up this morning and I went to go use the bathroom and a quarter fell off my butt cheek. And this happens to me, I don't know, yeah. pretty often, probably almost every morning because sometimes I fall asleep with my pants on mm-hmm. in bed, which is gross. Sorry.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, change falls out of the pocket and it definitely ends up affixed to your body. <laughs>
0: that's one of my favorite gags is uh you stick a coin to your head and then you scrunch up your face to make it fall off and then you challenge somebody else to do this but you stick to the coin under their head and then palm it and so they have no coin on their head so they just keep scrunching their face up over and over and over. <laughs> oh uh, man yeah try at home
1: i look forward to trying that with my little niece and nephew
0: yeah yeah that'll
1: i be be sure cool. love that when they're developing a sense of humor It's that time when kids start developing a sense of humor. Uh, That's when you guys start playing mean tricks on them because it's funny. (laughs) Um, Yeah, if you actually had metallic uh, particles floating around in your body, they would be attracted to each other and they are willing to rip through flesh Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. to get where they need to go all kinds of organ damage and yeah. uh all kinds of bad stuff that's the thing that's why is why you that,
0: can't let your your uh,
1: toddlers play with the fridge magnets
0: right on a very base level uh that's not how any of this works uh to think that because there's a trace amounts of metals in these uh vaccines that it would a be enough to uh, really go throughout your entire system your house keys. and then also make you have like carry a a strong magnetic charge and then that is how 5g signals get to you even though they're like supposed to be gotta throw that in there like radio waves or something and so it's like that that's not how any of this works (laughs) it's fucking ridiculous every step of it is you know one batshit crazy idea after another um
1: I think you know part of what it is is we are living in uh, a society in 2021, and there is a base sort of public school educational level um, that's not sure. great. Uh, well, at the same time, technology has reached such heights that the average person doesn't understand it even a little. Yeah, I can yeah. tell you that I have no idea how 5G works, or my phone, or or really any of the technology that I'm surrounded by uh, and use on a regular basis. Uh, if you were to zap me back in time to the Dark Ages, I would not be able to explain to the wizards how we yeah. can modernize society. I would be like, I don't know. There's these invisible things. Like, Trust me on this. They're germs. We got to wash our hands more with soap. And soap? that would be my big contribution
0: What's to the Dark soap? Ages. I don't know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't know how to make it. it. Works great. Yeah. Something to do with lie. Animal fat, uh, let's just try some things out. Get your cauldron out.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, so to the average person, technology essentially is dark magic and yeah. you can make up any old shit about it and it sounds equally plausible Right. to the average person yeah, who doesn't specialize in that type of science.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I can think about plenty of things. I, I really enjoy reading about um, particle physics, uh, and it's not like I fucking understand it. I like
1: making haikus about particle physics because okay. to me, it's just a bunch of attractive words.
0: There you go, uh, but you you don't have to fully understand it to have an appreciation. Strange for Strange
1: attractors. Oh well, now we're talking about astronomy. Um,
0: well, I was I was. Are, are you doing a haiku now?
1: Probably not. No, I better okay. keep going. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, but uh but more 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 and more weirdos out there. So, that's what that's like.
1: It's all the goddamn magnetized material in people's goddamn brains and What are you going to do?
0: What are you going to do? <laughs> It's Joe hopping in with your highly requested station break. I just want to say thank you for listening to our show and thanks for listening to KBSR. Uh, you know how we roll here. We are fully independent. Uh, we've got a big team of people that are all just kind of putting in their own time to provide all this stuff for you. And uh, we're, we're funded, and we help keep some of the lights on with the help of our Patreon community. A bunch of really cool people. You can go get in on that community, too. Uh, you can just go to BlackSparrowMusicParlor.com, and there's a Patreon link that'll take you straight there. From that website, you can also stream the radio 24-7. So go check out all the great stuff on the network. Uh, we got shows like Queer Taylor. We've got uh, Plow and Hoes. We've got Storytime. Uh, feedback loop, uh, wall of sound, radio free Abro, uh, and there's some, uh, there's even more new and new stuff coming out all the time, I understand. Uh, yeah, so go do all that. Also, big thanks to Trevor and the Mental State Fair for providing us that theme song, Dying in Texas. I uh, got to see him at the garage sale that we just did. We actually showed up just right as he was starting a live set, and so we got to hear him do that one uh, solo, and it was it was really cool. Uh, thanks, Trev. Also, shout out to Alex Cuervo of the Spectro Static for giving us use of all his Spectro a static catalog to do what we want to do with so you'll probably hear a little bit of that here on this and all the other shows really good stuff go check him out on uh, he's got a band camp and he's got his own website he's on spotify and all that good stuff thanks alex yeah so uh, we're gonna get back into it i'll let you listen to the rest of the show thanks for listening everybody let's get back to it
1: So not honor of Pride Month, and a little over fifty years after the inciting event uh, that led to Pride, just wanted to do a little presentation. Uh, we have so many different generations uh, of our listeners. You know, our listeners range from
0: uh, eighteen to thirty-five.
1: Uh, from eighteen to thirty-five, <laughs> all different generations. <laughs> so nothing, nothing long or ambitious. Just a quick history of enforced heteronormativity in America. Hmm. We're going to start in the 1700s uh, because historical research indicates that things were going pretty well in America until about 1630 when the Puritans arrived. While great diversity amongst the indigenous people means uh, great diversity of societal norms relating to gender roles and sexuality. Uh, A lot of history and cultural heritage has been purposely erased by invasive cultures. We do have enough disapproving documentation from the Puritans mentioning perversions and abominations related to gender parity, gender roles, divorce, and gay relationships uh, amongst the indigenous people to know that, thanks, they hate it. And these fucking people damn sure need Jesus. There is much to do here, and it will be done with violence which sets the template for the next 400 years or so uh, skipping forward a few hundred years in the late 1800s the term homosexual is coined and immediately becomes a pathology and will remain so until 1973 when the American Psychiatric Association removes it as a diagnosis from the DSM but in the meantime it's the 20th century <laughs> and genderqueer people are contributing their own narratives to history within leftist movements communists socialists anarchists and labor organizers occupied spaces in the 30s and 40s for marginalized groups ostracized from mainstream america where there was a free exchange of radical ideas about human rights and cultural revolution when we think of the 50s we think of an american counterculture movement of leftists artists dope smokers and beatniks (laughs) where many types of people who rejected or were rejected by mainstream society could find a home. And we also think of the mainstream America with its emerging middle class, white suburban nuclear family, rigid heteronormativity, and wholesome God-fearing society, where we show our 2.5 children PSAs on proper hygiene, how to become the correct type of man or woman, and warning them to avoid both the devil's lettuce and the type of pencil-mustache-sporting unmarried-at-40 weirdos that John Waters has based his look on for the last 40 years.
2: What Jimmy didn't know was that Ralph was sick, a sickness that was not visible like smallpox, but no less dangerous and contagious, a sickness of the mind.
1: This brings us up to the 60s. Gay bars had long existed in America, far from just being places to make romantic or sexual connections, or safe places to just exist, and offered friendship, support, and found family particularly if you were rejected and ostracized by your biological family and community. But these spaces were constant targets for harassment by the police, who would beat up and even sexually assault patrons before arresting them and publicly outing them. In 1969, police raided Stonewall Inn in Greenwich Village. They were rounding people up, groping the lesbians in full view of everyone, while loading patrons into the paddy wagons. But on this night, the patrons were in no mood to take it. More people began to gather outside Stonewall, someone shouted gay power someone else started to sing we shall overcome the crowd turned by many accounts stormy delarvery biracial lesbian butch king was hit in the head by a police baton she turned to the crowd and yelled why don't you guys do something it was later said by delarvery herself as well as others that she threw the first punch as officers heaved her into the back of the wagon the crowd which had grown by 10 times during the arrest went berserk cop cars were overturned trash fires were set Sylvia Rivera, trans activist in front of Marshall P. Johnson, uh, the two of them would go on to form Star House and participate in Act Up, uh, recalled later, It was the greatest day of my life. (laughs) Uh, Michael Fader said, It was the last straw. Everyone in the crowd felt like we were never going back. It was time to reclaim something that had always been taken from us. Also adding, most of the destruction was done by the police. Hmm. The tactical police force was brought in to quell the unrest, and rescue officers barricaded inside Stonewall. They formed a phalanx and attempted to clear the streets. The mob mocked the police. The queens joined arms and formed a kick line. And the cops retaliated by rushing the crowd and clubbing people with batons. Amazingly, no one died or was critically injured that night. Hmm. After the events of that evening, there were arrests, graffiti, disinformation rumor campaigns and throngs of newly empowered protesters who would not let gay liberation be stopped. The fight had begun. A year later, activist Brenda Howard organized what would become the first Pride event uh, at the site of Stonewall. Thanks to the tireless efforts of activists and the freewheeling, unpuritanical culture of the 70s, gay and genderqueer people began to achieve more mainstream acceptance. Vietnam was now over, birth control was flowing like Skittles, and disco was at the top of the charts. Everything was coming up roses. But for every lash, there must be a backlash. This
2: is my Only a few
1: years after Stonewall, Harvey Milk, having moved from New York City to San Francisco, had repeatedly run for city office. He was elected in 1977 and sponsored a bill banning discrimination in public accommodations, housing, an employment based on sexual orientation, which successfully passed, but he was assassinated in public office at the age of 48. Uh, one quote from Harvey Milk was, "...if a bullet should enter my brain, let it also destroy every closet door." Around this time, a former Florida beauty queen and singer, Anita Bryant, had the radical idea that this gay rights shit had gone more than far enough. In fact, gays are not discriminated against at all. On the contrary, they're a powerful and elite group who can and will demand extra rights, including the right to indoctrinate your children. With something called the gay agenda. You see, gays are like vampires. They cannot reproduce, so they must replenish their numbers with your children. And like vampires, the male homosexual eats sperm, the most concentrated (laughs) form of blood. So they're like super vampires. This woman will become highly influential throughout the cursed 80s as a spokesperson for the anti gay crusade Save Our Children, which paved the way for Jerry Falwell and his moral majority to influence the 80s and Reagan administration, which ignored the AIDS crisis and referred to this public health emergency mockingly and derisively as the gay plague. It was six years after AIDS was identified and over 20,000 Americans had died before it was acknowledged by federal public health officials. Jerry Falwell said it was God's revenge on sexual deviance.
2: No consolations, please, for feeling funky. I gotta get my head above my knees. But it makes me mad and it makes me sad. And then I start to freeze. In the back of my mind, I was afraid it might be true. In the back of my mind, I was afraid that they meant you. The Halloween, parade. The Halloween parade.
1: For those of us that were kids in the late 80s and 90s, public awareness campaigns were letting kids know that they should care about AIDS because straight people can get it too, which is why you shouldn't have premarital sex or use drugs. Mm-hmm. The 90s was a time of homophobic sentiment and a wave of violence, particularly against black trans women and sex workers, and suicide spiked among queer youth. In 1998, the year Matthew Shepard was found to have been killed, the government passed Newt Gingrich's Defense of Marriage Act, as well as Don't Ask, Don't Tell, and evangelicals blamed the gay agenda for Tinky Winky gaying up America's toddlers.
0: Oh, Tinky Winky. He was a
1: Teletubby. okay. He was purple. That's right. And he carried a handbag. Oh, But activists continued to push back. In the fight for marriage equality, the case was made to the voting public, Gays, they're just like us. They're doctors, teachers, garbage men, pharmacy technicians, and they have the same loving, boring, monogamous relationships that we complain about with our co-workers. Visibility increased, and so did public empathy. Gay people are our friends, our families, our co-workers... And characters on our favorite TV show, Will & Grace. (laughs) In 2005, 80% of Americans were opposed to gay marriage. But the tide started to turn. Social progress seemed to accelerate throughout the next decade. After Massachusetts became the first state legalizing gay marriage, slowly all the dominoes began to fall one by one. For a while, public opinion polls looked like an EKG going up and down, but steadily rising as greater and greater percentages of the American voting public came to support gay rights. By 2015, those numbers had reversed and the federal government struck down Texas and other holdout states that had written bans on gay marriage into their constitutions. Subsequent generations of young people would increasingly be able to grow and thrive in a more accepting and supportive community environment without being shamed, attacked, and pushed to the margins of society. The gay agenda had come to pass. (laughs) But again, for every lash, there is a backlash, which means it's time to save our children again, this time against all those vampiric transgenders. Here in Texas, we do that by attacking trans youth. The Texas legislature have risen from their dusty coffins and they're back in session for 2021. And over 30 anti-trans bills have been introduced. So far, all proposals, including banning trans youth from sports, criminalizing gender-affirming health care, and allowing discrimination based on sincerely held religious belief, have all died in the House, as are several bills that were also introduced to uh, expand LGBTQ well, Plus protection in yeah. Texas, but that's sort of how it goes. Yeah. As Puritanism grasps and clings to power in the evangelical movement, its clammy, bony old grasp will one day inevitably weaken. One day soon, Pat Robertson and all the talking heads on the 700 Club will be dead. And like vampires, they have to repopulate their numbers by indoctrinating the youth. <laughs> Will it be enough? Only time will tell. But history tells us when people get rights, they don't just give them back. As Harvey Milk said, I have tasted freedom. I will not give up that which I have tasted.
0: Oh uh, yeah, Harvey Milk, uh, uh, an interesting story there. And, uh, he, he was a, he was a strong proponent of, uh, uh gay rights. And whenever he was assassinated, um, it was by, uh, uh another like city council or, you know, uh, elected official who actually worked with him initially, but this guy, um, his name was Dan white. I think, uh, I forget, but, uh, yeah, he, he got fired. He was actually kind of a shithead and, uh, a, a bad politician and a bad person. He got fired for a minute, was supposed to get his job back. Um, and he, he just got like wild about the whole thing. And he went in and he killed Harvey Harvey and another guy too, the man that had fired him, uh, the mayor actually. Um, and then at the end of this, uh, the way that played out is that in court, uh, his attorney, uh, they pled uh, diminished capacity as his defense saying that he was in an anguished mental state and that the night prior he had binged on a lot of junk food and that put him in a weird, basically a kind of temporary insanity state whenever this happened. And so it, it should really be manslaughter not murder. And, uh, yeah, they, they basically kind of like let him go fairly easily for what he had done.
1: The Twinkie defense.
0: Well, yeah, the Twinkie defense, and so what happened after that, obviously, uh, is that a lot, of, a lot of people in the community took to the streets. And, um, yeah, hundreds upon hundreds of people were out, and uh, they flipped over some cars. There was a fire that was started at City Hall, and, uh, yeah, quite a bit of destruction. There were news crews uh, who were out there. This was called the White Knights Riot, and um, there was, at the time, uh, Jonestown. Uh, was kind of playing out too. So White Knights was kind of like uh, just a weird kind of element that was uh, in the zeitgeist at that time. So this has nothing to do with Jim Jones, but they called it the White Knights Riot. And uh, a news reporter uh, had gone to a few people and said, you know, why are you, why are you doing all this? Why are you all destroying so much property? And uh, the, the response to that was, just tell everybody that we ate a bunch of Twinkies. That's why this is happening. Nice. So... Yeah, that was another one where um, after, uh, like kind of in response to it, the uh, local police basically got a tactical team together, but they didn't go after the crowds and the mobs that were like out there. They actually went to some different parts of the Castro district and just started going into clubs and uh, kind of indiscriminately beating people who were not taking part in the riots. They were just they were at the gay place. So
1: this is terrorism in and of itself, uh, strategic terrorism. And whether this Twinkie eating homicidal lunatic, uh, knew it or not, that was also a powerful and influential act of terrorism Mm -hmm. to kill Mm -hmm. Harvey Milk. They're a big part of the debate in activism at the time. Uh, I've heard was visibility, um, because so many people were afraid to be visible. Um, the the main people that were visible at that time were people who could not help but to be so. People who couldn't pass in heteronormative society. And some activists were outing people. Well, certainly they were strenuously encouraging people to out themselves. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, because you're kind of a sort of a traitor to the cause if you're not willing to stand up and right. and be seen and be out.
0: Yeah. Strength of um, numbers, you know, and, and solidarity. But at
1: the same time, yes, which is, I think, an effective strategy, mm-hmm. but it's an equally effective uh, counter strategy to make a public death uh, or public beating um, of anybody who is out and proud. And um, that causes more people to say, it's not safe and it's not something I can do.
0: Yeah. I think that's which uh,
1: no yeah no no shame to anybody uh, uh during that era uh, or or today right who feel like uh they cannot safely um be out
0: yeah and that's you know that also I think played into how you were talking about the 80s and the 90s being a, being pretty homophobic uh just culturally you know in in this really kind of bland way even uh you know, yeah, coming up in the uh, 80s, uh, as you did, I also remember, like, the big AIDS scare. And, yeah, it was it was only really paid attention to by the straight community once it started getting very large. And now it's like, oh, no, straight people can get it, too. And, uh, yeah, and uh, that really ruled the conversation about sexual activity for years to come.
1: It was, like, 1999. I remember being in my car at, like, in the morning and these two shock jock idiots on the radio one of them was like man magic johnson i just can't believe he's gay it's so crazy (laughs) and the other one's like he's not he's not gay Uh, why why would you say that well look at him there's no way he's a drug user an intravenous drug user he's so fit Mm. he's one of the greatest basketball players of all time you're telling me that, that this man does drugs other guy says no, <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm telling you that straights can get it too, man. Yeah, no, they can't. No, they can't.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I had to, you got to wonder if that was a bit because in '99, that's that's ridiculous. Yeah, that was definitely a rough time for the community. There is uh, a lot of vilification uh, coming at them and unjustly. So it's it's been a, a wild little history, and I think that it it is uh, definitely important to to show up as as an ally too and. Uh, something that you would mentioned about uh, Stonewall was, I mean, it was it was hundreds upon hundreds of people. It, it wasn't exclusively the gay community. Mm-hmm. You know, um, there were a lot of other people who were just showing up to be allies to to help out too. And uh, yeah, visibility is important, and I think that showing your allyship is important too. You know, because that's the only way that it kind of comes across culturally uh, that you know, homophobia is, is not tolerated or should not be tolerated at the very least. Yeah. You know, a a big
1: part of the push in the aughts were supportive parents, family members, colleagues, uh, saying we're, we're not going to tolerate the people we love being relegated to second class citizenship.
0: Yeah. Uh, so yeah, until such time, uh, check out everything else on the network and, uh, Keep your eyes open for special events going on uh, for Pride and for Juneteenth, which is coming right up. I want to do some house cleaning real quick and say thank you to Black Sparrow Radio for putting us on the air. And thanks to our man Trevor Wren, for giving us that theme song, Dying in Texas. Thanks to Alex of a Static. You're going to hear his stuff all over the place. And uh, thanks to everybody uh, sending in all that mail. I'm kidding. I don't know. Nobody's sending it uh but yeah. yeah
1: maybe if we got a p.o box uh y'all could send us some snail mail
0: i would be scared about that so uh but yeah <laughs> everybody treats. everybody try to stay cool in this hot sun. So, no don't say that
1: don't say stay cool, it's, stay hot cool. Out there.
0: it's hot out there what do you say to your listenership whenever you're trying to tell them see you next week
1: i think gonna have to come up with a repetitive catchphrase that we go out on stay fresh cheese bags. <laughs>